Another awesome technical segment from Javelin Networks on AD Protect versus Microsoft ATA or Advanced Threat Analytics. Then, because one tech segment just isn't enough, we'll walk through bypassing corporate firewalls with Sven from NetSparker. In the news this week, falling off your segue can now be blamed on hackers. Samba cry. Yep, I said it. Oracle. Counter-Strike Ponage, and not what you think. Less technical exploits. More IoT unawareness. That's like a new word I came up. Unawareness. Insurance and warranties and breaches. Exploits and physical weapons. All that and more on to this episode of Paul's Security Weekly. This is Security Weekly. For security professionals, by security professionals. Broadcasting live from G-Unit Studios in Rhode Island, it's the show where exploits run wild, packets aren't the only things getting sniffed, and the cocktails flow steady. It's Paul's Security Weekly. by gain control of cyber risk with tenable io the first vulnerability management platform built for today's elastic assets like cloud containers and web apps discover a fresh asset-based approach that prioritizes vulnerabilities while seamlessly integrating into your environment and improve roi with the first elastic licensing approach based on assets not ip addresses tenable io delivers the data and context you need to secure your elastic attack surface start your free tenable io trial today by visiting tenable.io the SANS Institute, the most trusted source for computer security certification training and research. Visit SANS.org to explore their full curriculum and latest training offerings. NetSparker, the developers of desktop and cloud-based web application security scanners that enable you to automatically identify vulnerabilities in your web applications and web services. NetSparker scanners employ a unique and dead-accurate vulnerability scanning engine that automatically verifies vulnerabilities with their proof of concept. For more information, visit them on the web at netsparker.com or email at contact at netsparker.com. Here's the man that's humble enough to put his technical problems out on the interweb asking anyone to help him out and man enough to admit defeat and just blow the server away and rebuild it. Mr. Paul Asadorian. That's right. When in doubt, rebuild. And I will say that no one had a, a, a solution to my problem either. And there are many systems administrators and people with lots of experience in computers, networking, systems administration, and security that were stumped by my problem. One person suggested that I reboot, and I had done that already, even though it was Linux and not Windows. And sometimes you just, you know, you got to rebuild. You got to rebuild, and then I ended up using Docker and some other fancy technologies. So, you know, I'm all hipster about sysadmin stuff today, I guess. <laughs> Welcome to the show. This is Paul's Security Weekly, <laughs> excuse me, episode 523. Pardon me. Uh, it is 
<clears throat> is today July 20th? Really? This really year is, is just flying by. I am very excited to be here this evening. Double technical segments because one is just not enough. I will now introduce our wonderful host on via Skype, Mr. Jeff Mann, curmudgeon himself, former cryptologist. Is that what we, is that crypt analyst? Sorry, crypt analyst. No, you, you had it right with cryptologist. Cryptologist. With a three letter. Them, I make them and I break them. With a three letter, a four, a three letter government agency. Jeff, welcome to the tonight's show. Thanks, Paul. It's good to be back on the air again, and I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the crew in person next week in Vegas. It's going to be fun. Now, are you, uh, the most important part is, are you coming out to like dinner and cigars with us? Has Sam booked you for dinner and cigars? I've been booked several times, so as far as I know, the answer is yes. Okay. We are planning a cigar night. I'm not, we're tentatively like Friday 9 p.m. at the Monte Cristo Cigar Lounge in Caesars, which I'm afraid is going to be really busy, so I'm not sure what's going to happen there. Maybe we'll Friday just... at Caesars, middle of DEFCON. Hmm. Yeah, probably going to be busy, right? About that. Yep. Yeah. Maybe we want to go out, <clears throat> outside <coughs> Excuse me, of Caesars for Maybe that. Maybe you need to have a drink there, sir. <clears throat> yeah. I'm thinking during the day might be better. Friday afternoon, work. perhaps? Are you staying work. through DEFCON, Jeff? Um, I am currently flying out Friday afternoon. I'm still debating maybe staying an extra day or two, but I would need to find some place to crash. Uh, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Uh, and I, I could probably re, 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 uh, redo my flight. That's not a problem. Gotcha. I'll, I'll share my room with you, Jeff. Okay, I will keep that in mind. <clears throat> Joff. If you're coming, man, uh, you might have the room with me and Jeff. If you're going to make the last minute decision to come out, <laughs> I can like do like um, <clears throat> when my kids and I do the sleepover in the basement. We can buy some air mattresses and just spread them out on the floor. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to be coming this year, but um, yeah, f- fresh off the plane from Australia, it's it's awesome to be back. And I wouldn't awesome say you were I can fresh be on the off show tonight, the but. Uh, Ooh, I think I'm going to give the Black Hat Summer hack, Hacking Camp uh, a skip this year. But I will be at DerbyCon with any luck. So that's always one of my favorites. Absolutely. We'll be there, too. We got about one um, a month uh, in terms of conferences. Uh, so after this, um, let me see if I get this right. September, it will be DerbyCon, October, Wild West Hackenfest, and yes. November, Sands Pentest Hackfest Summit in Bethesda, Maryland. So I'm very excited about our conference schedule as it works out. We get to go to some really awesome shows uh, and hang out with people. So I'm I'm so excited uh, to do that. I know a lot of people are like, oh, there's too many people at Black Hat and DevCon, and Black Hat's too commercial, and DevCon's too crowded. Throw all that to the wind. Throw caution to the wind. Just go and hang out with your friends, you know. Um, <clears throat> I want to just make a quick announcement. ITPro.TV, our fine friends over at ITPro.TV. I want to encourage your, have you encourage your employer to sign up for a corporate membership? It's better than a health club membership because you get to exercise your brain, right? I think a lot, it's kind of like the same thing. Like, you know, your employer is like, hey, you get a discount when you use this diet plan or go to this gym or do this other thing. You can also ask your employer, hey, sign me up for IT Pro TV, get a corporate membership. Uh, It's just awesome. It comes with this supervisor portal. Which I'm excited about because I know our employees here at Security Weekly have done some ITPro.tv training. And 
um, I like the supervisor portal idea as it gives, it's a powerful tool for managers giving us full control of your team's training schedule. And I like this because I like to encourage my employees, and you should encourage your employees as well, to increase their knowledge and do some training and learn some stuff. So you can organize large or small teams into subgroups, assign supervisors, uh, full training customization, assign course tracks, or selected episodes to groups. I love this because I can go into IT Pro TV's training system and <clears throat> say, I want my employees to make sure they do this training or watch these videos because I feel it's uh, on their critical path of learning. I think that's awesome. You can set due dates, which is great, right? So you can say, hey, in the next month, I want my employee to watch these videos and do this training and then keep tabs as to whether they've done that or not, adjust their work schedule, adjust those due dates to make sure that your employees are getting that training. This is something I can't wait to try out for ourselves, and I want to encourage you and your employers to do that. You can manage the subscription, you can get performance analytics, see who's doing the training, who's not. And I don't want this to be a negative, to be like, well, if your employees aren't doing the training, you should like go yell. No. If your employees aren't doing the training, it's probably because you haven't allotted the right amount of time for your employees to do the training, and you can prioritize and say, no, look, tomorrow I want you to go do this training. I see that you haven't had time to log in. Tomorrow I want you to take and go do some training in the morning from 9 to 12. Uh, and as a manager, be able to see uh, if they're doing that in a lot the right time. I really like it. You can go to itpro.tv forward slash security weekly. Use the code SW30. Try it free for seven days and receive 30% off your monthly membership for the lifetime of your active subscription. So make sure you do that with our fine friends at itpro.tv. Now, I am also excited because Almog is back on the show talking about Javelin's AD Protect versus Microsoft's Advanced Threat Analytics. Almog, welcome to the show. Hey, Paul, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Welcome back. Yeah. Thanks, man, for having me again here. I'm uh, always uh, likes to be on your show, of course. I like it when you uh, come on the show, too. You make us so afraid that all of us have Active Directory and we're so <laughs> insecure. And knowing that there are potential vulnerabilities and exposures and exploits and exploit kits and um, ways to manipulate Active Directory, Microsoft has said, well, we're, we're going to do advanced threat analytics. And we're going to include that uh, either, well, I think you can purchase it if you have an on-premise installation. From what I understand, if your Active Directory environment is in Azure, you can you get that just as being in Microsoft's cloud. Is that is that correct, Almog? I th I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm not very uh, familiar with the pricing or the mm. way they uh, basically sell their product. I know that they have this native Windows updates uh, about ATA, so it's being integrated in a, a very native way. Uh, but I can I all I only tested this product from a, an attacker point of view. And because it's on the same space as we play, uh, yes. obviously I tested and compared it to our product. And I'm here mainly today to talk about Javelin versus ATA. Uh, do you see my screen? Yes. So just a, just a quick teaser. Uh, next week on Black Hat, since we are sometime also being compared to a, a distributed deception or Anipod solution, uh, we are going to release on Black Hat a tool that would help red teamers and clients uh, to test their deception solution and realize that only Javelin can basically control the uh, attacker's perspective. 
so feel free to come to our booth and get this awesome tool and training. Um, um, this is uh, fantastic for anyone who wants to test their deception and to see the effectiveness. Uh, you know, uh, in, in all my, along those lines, when you are visiting Black Hat, if you're listening to this while you are traveling to the Black Hat uh, event, it, mm-hmm. Javelin Networks is one of those booths you got to stop by. And I understand they're a sponsor and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of vendors that we're going to meet with at Black Hat. There's a list of probably 60 or pl- 60 or more vendors that want to meet with us um, to tell us about what they do. And if you're looking to maximize your time in the business hall at Black Hat, please do stop by Javelin Networks. Whether you're on the red team or you're on the blue team, it just is in your best interest to stop by and chat with these fine folks and get some insights as to what they're doing. Um, I, I just I think it's a, a great tactic, a great product. Um, and I think one of our primary concerns as an industry today is the security of Active Directory. So... Thank Please you, Paul. Thank you, Paul, for these uh, warm uh, words. I highly appreciate it, of course. Uh, so we we are going to be uh, on Black Hat uh, on Boost uh, 573. Uh, today I'm here to talk mainly about ATA. Um, if you listen to the Microsoft ATA, it's very cool and nice product. Uh, I'm not going to do any bad mouthing here. Uh, but it's limited because mainly of its presence and the way it works, uh, it has the limitation. So we are both focusing on the post-breach and post-exploitation uh, and trying uh, to uh, um, stop the Active Directory reconnaissance and credential stealing and manipulation. Uh, so the story might, might sound like uh, uh, similar, but the way we uh, solve the problem is uh, totally different. And because we are solving it in a, in a different way, much more uh, innovative way, uh, we have uh, many more advantages. Uh, and I want to start by talking a little bit about the deployment, the actual deployment. This is uh, uh, one of the biggest advantages uh, and why we can detect and disrupt the attacker reconnaissance and why ATA can't, basically. Uh, so if you know ATA, Microsoft Advanced Threat Analytics, uh, it, it was a, a, an Israeli startup as well uh, called Aurato, uh, mm. bought um, almost two years ago uh, by Microsoft. Uh, and they, they were integrated in the behavior context of uh, Microsoft security, security products. Uh, the way you deploy ATA is on the actual domain controller. It could be physically on the virtual machine of the domain controller. Or you can do like port mirror to the traffic as it goes through the domain controller. So the detection, feel free to stop me anytime, of course. So the detection uh, of ATA is based on network traffic and logs as it being generated towards uh, the Microsoft ATA. Anything, any traffic, any presence that is on the endpoint, which is not part of the domain controller, is not being detected uh, by ATA. So it's very limited because mainly because of the, their presence, uh, and they are doing great job, but their uh, presence and perspective is limited. Um, and this is where Javelin uh, um, comes into uh, an action. Javelin presence is on each and every uh, server and computer in the organization, and we are 
we want to be the closest point where the attacker is, whether it's on the secretary, it's on the uh, DMZ, IIS server, SQL. We want to be everywhere to, to uh, catch the attacker as closest as we can. Of course, it's in the post-breach uh, context. We, we are not interested in, in preventing from intrude the, the, uh, the network because it's almost uh, impossible. Uh, so we are agentless. Uh, I can even uh, do, uh, show you quickly how you deploy Javelin. Basically, uh, you have all the computer lists uh, of the organization, and all you need to do, you can select all, or you can select a specific computer based on OU on sites, and just click deploy, and that's it. Uh, our uh, virtual machine goes through uh, this endpoint and do this magic injection to the memory and do manipulation to the operating system in order to disrupt the attacker perspective, whether it's reconnaissance uh, about users, computer, credential, everything is going to be obfuscated from that point and, and moving on. So the, the presence and the uh, perspective of Javelin is totally different. And this is why we are deterministic uh, in the detection uh, we are not based on false positive because of that unique presence. So moving forward, I want to uh, uh, to go into the actual demo. Uh, I'm going to do, uh, hopefully, uh, to finish it, but uh, I'm going to do like a combined flow uh, where the attacker uh, starts from a very stealthy uh, reconnaissance. He looks for specific SPN like SQL or uh, HTTP uh, because the crown jewel where the data, if in the end of the day, the data is located on one of the uh, organization uh, servers. It's not on the DC in most cases, in almost all, all cases, not on the DC. It's on the uh, service crown jewel. The directory is just the uh, database that holds all the applications and the information about the organization. But the actual crown jewel, whether it's Excel file or it's database, it's on different servers. And this is where the attacker is aiming to go, to go through. So, now, oh my God, I have a question, and the, the way sure. I understand it is with um, ATA, you are looking at just the activity and communications that are going to and from the domain controllers. In a lot of the attacks that you've done examples of on the show, the attacker does need to communicate with the Active Directory controller. In which instances would you kind of evade the detection of ATA by localizing your attacks? Exactly. So the attack uh, always needs information from the Active Directory. But when you uh, think about the normal activity for any organization, you have this legitimate stuff of queries and and legitimate queries to the domain controller. And this is why the any solution who is going to be uh, installed on the actual domain controller can't really distinguish between real traffic, real uh, protocols, and malicious stuff because it's the same query as the legitimate user would do. I got you. Unless it's you the same are going to do it... Uh, it's the same problem we have with SIM, right? There's just basically so many alerts that we can't distinguish what's what's good, what's bad, or what's normal and what's not normal. Exactly, exactly. And and I'm not saying that we are inspecting the same traffic on the endpoint because the way Javelin uh, doing uh, executing the solution and implementing the solution is for each and every endpoint we are obfuscating the. Uh, the perspective of the network. We are adding 
from the attacker point of view, we are adding more elements like computer, users, SPN, any attribute that the attacker could imagine. And mm. it's not really exist on the directory in the domain controller. Right. Uh, so this is why we have this advantage of being deterministic and being able even to detect such activity because the attacker now has a, a, a bad intelligence mm. and we are going to uh, um, detect him while doing so. So uh, moving forward to this demo, uh, I have this uh, Javelin uh, UI here and I have this uh, latest version of uh, ATA. I did uh, this morning uh, some two attacks uh, against ATA. Uh, the first one was just doing a PSExec to the domain controller, and the second one was trying to enumerate using uh, this uh, Win API again, but to the domain controller. So any attacks that going directly, like remote code execution or any other uh, code execution being launched against the domain controller, ATA in most cases would identify it. But any legitimate uh, reconnaissance stuff that like I, I would show you today, ATA can't really distinguish because it's legitimate, it's part of the organization, and you can't really detect it from the domain controller point of view only. This is why Javelin can detect it. Um, so just see, yeah, I've installed Javelin. Great. So I'll start with a uh, simple scenario, uh, uh, information gathering about specific computers. I don't really want, as an attacker, I don't really care about any, uh, any endpoint in the organization. I care about the crown jewel. I try to find this crown jewel. So I'll try to find a specific uh, SPN in the organization like SQL. I'm going to add some another attribute here in Empire to make some more data. Um, and basically, uh, I don't want to bring all the computers in, in the organization. I just want to find this SQL server. And I can see that I have this uh, all the objects, all the attribute, LDAP attribute uh, for that specific SPN. I can do it also for HTTP which represent, uh, in most cases, the IIS server. Um, and even on that stealthiest reconnaissance that I've just been doing right now, uh, you would see in a few seconds on the Javelin uh, UI, uh, you would see the alert, where on the ATA, it can't really uh, detect it. Again, it's very stealthy. Any user can do it, applications are doing it. Why anyone in this world would uh, want to alert such an activity? So after this alert being generated, we can see that this alert was uh, a, a computer information gathering, which makes sense to this activity. Uh, we can see this both computers that being uh, quer queried. Uh, another important thing to emphasize here that these two computers are not really exist, not on the directory services. It's just this reality that Javelin invented to the attacker uh, because we want him to uh, to touch this uh, high-privileged or high-crown jewel uh, elements uh, specifically designed for him. So it's not really exist, and this is why we are so powerful. We invent a virtual reality for him from a client point of view, from the client perspective. Uh, another cool thing that... Oh, oh my God, I have a, a question. Yeah. So 
Do you uh, does the Javelin product differentiate between like if I queried the domain for something you know like in error or I made a typo and it doesn't exist in the domain? You know that that's different from something that you've created as false information, and you differentiate between the two, correct? Exactly. So until as long as you just query the network for uh, computers and user like a normal application are doing, that's okay. Uh, on this point, I don't just uh, did like a, a normal query. I ask specifically for SPN and for uh, a, a specific object, the Javelin created. Okay. And because you made it that specific request about obfuscated data, we realized that this was a, a malicious activity. Uh, but I can share with you that we have more than 20 customers uh, and they have SQL Server, they have any applications that you can imagine. We don't uh, have any false positive from their side uh, because we know to distinguish on the client point of view, we know to distinguish between this traffic. This is the, uh, mm. this is the IP of the company. Um, another layer of the product which uh, ATA uh, don't have because it's like a different product uh, is the ability to do this forensics. Um, if you um, remember what I've been doing, um, this was the victim machine and it was trying to reconnaissance on that specific object and that specific object as well. And once we identified this specific uh, activity, we immediately from our virtual machine, which is the deployment uh, element to the network, uh, we are launching in immediately uh, a forensics elements against that victim to gather all the information that we can um, to extract uh, the malicious activity. So Empire specifically, if you go to the actual um, uh, victim, this is the victim, this is the Windows 7 victim, Empire using a, as, a, as a stager, they are using a, a PowerShell agent uh, that this, this one is communicated with the Empire platform. So you can see very clearly from the Javelin uh, management dashboard that you have this PowerShell uh, being highlighted as a malicious activity, as a, as a malware, that he was trying to do a reconnaissance command, and everything you basically need to know about the attack. So this is just, a, I'm going to continue with more stuff, but this is just a reconnaissance phase uh, and we immediately know everything we needed to know about this, that specific attack and that specific activity. Uh, another cool element that we added and ATA doesn't have is the ability to mitigate the attack, meaning that you can, do, you can configure this uh, to be automatically, but if you want to, be, to go on the safe side, uh, you can uh, manually, after the attack is being generated, you can go and select the processes that you want to mitigate, and then Javelin would contain that specific process and would prevent from that process to uh, communicate it with Empire or whatever is doing that specific process. So this is another uh, element that the ATA doesn't have. Uh, so we are not just a detection, because if you are familiar, and I'm, I'm sure you're familiar, uh, with big organization, they don't have the operational uh, capacity to do also the detection and forensics and mitigation automatically. Um, they must create it automatically because they don't have enough manpower. 
Uh, and this is why it's, it's very important. If you have ATA and assuming th that they were detected, they don't have the ability to do the forensics and to do this mitigation option uh, because it's a different solution. So this Omar, is, uh, uh, yeah. How, how are you doing that mitigation and, um, you know, taking that process and making sure that it can't do what it's intended to do? Uh, so the the long version is that we have like a, a genius sys uh, internal guys here that uh, worked very hard uh, to inject specific code. It's like a, a wrapper on top of that process. Uh, we wrap that process and we prevent from him to do a create process and to do to open any network socket from that specific process. Because we want that's that interesting. So are you are you like injecting uh, like a uh, a PE injection into that process or a DLL or something or it's more like a DLL, yeah. It's okay. more like a DLL that preventing only a specific stuff from that process. We want we still want that process to be alive, mm -hmm. but uh, we want to contain him. So this is a, a very cool technology that not just kill the process or suspend him, it's also an ability to contain it. It's something that it's not that straightforward, uh, and it's very cool because you have this ability to... It's kind, uh, of, it's kind of interesting. You're, you're kind of like infecting that process the way that malware would infect a system and, and manipulate processes to execute exactly. code. I like exactly. it. Exactly. I like it. You really, you really got, got the message, yeah. You, really well, it, you know, it's interesting. Uh, several years ago, I was in uh, a class with Ed Scotus, and he was talking about uh, basically Linux malware. And, he, you know, even it's like probably 10 plus years ago, he was like, you know, if you, to get around a rootkit, really, you have to be a rootkit and living inside of the same places inside of the kernel, inside of memory that rootkits are going to live and basically mm -hmm. infect those rootkits with something to prevent them from, from doing harm. And, and you guys are doing something very similar, which I think is really, really cool. Exactly. Yeah, I have a question. Go ahead, Jeff. Um, you, know, you had said earlier that you're pretty confident about not having any false positives, but it, you know, you know, on the off chance that you're doing this uh, to a legitimate process, is there a way to you know get the phone call and back it out? Do you mean like on the mitigation part? Yeah, on the mitigation part, you know, you know, you know, on the off chance that you mitigate something that was actually legitimate that you shouldn't have done this to, whatever that might be, is there a way to reverse this process or back out of it? Uh, we are working on a, a on reverse to reverse this kind of um, a containment. Uh, to be honest, this mitigation feature is pretty new. It's like a two weeks new. Uh, it's something that everyone wants, and we deliver it uh, after a while because it takes some time to achieve this capability because we didn't want to uh, kill this process because you can kill some important process mm. of Microsoft. We want right. to do a, a different way. Uh, but right now, the default option is to mitigate it uh, manually. Uh, so we need to go specifically for that event, click the mitigate, and then to be more educated and, and select specifically um, which process to kill. So you have this safety zone of doing it manually and select that specific process, um, um, only that specific process that you want. To and I'm, I'm assuming this is happening in memory, so if you were to reboot, the process would restart and, and 
be on its merry way if it was a legitimate process. Uh, yeah, exactly. Everything in Javelin right now is agentless, meaning after reboot, uh, we need to do the magic again. Mm. Uh, and also uh, to a processes which being contained. If it's rootkit, it's a different type of uh, uh, stuff. It's much more complicated. You need to have a different approach to mitigate the stuff. But we want the, the entire motivation of the mitigation is to contain on that specific timeline. We want to contain that process so we won't go further behind the scope. So the mitigation you need to do, uh, uh, if you want to contain totally and you want to remove that rootkit and malware from your endpoint, you need to remove that station and to do the forensics uh, and then even reinstall the, uh, the endpoint if needed. That's pretty cool. So the next step, uh, I want to uh, continue that flow. Um, the attacker, now that they think that they have the crown jewel server uh, in their end, uh, they need, unless they have this uh, um, remote code execution like uh, NSA released or something, in most cases, 99%, they are going to use credentials, right? So. On this specific case, I'm going to use. Uh, I'm going to uh, try to reconnaissance and to understand if I have a, a user, a powerful user, being connected to that victim. Uh, to my experience, even though it's not uh, mandatory, of course, uh, you would have some admins, and not just local admins. You would have even a domain admin. Uh, sometimes it takes some time to uh, to find some domain admin, but you eventually would find one. Uh, so in this case, just to simplify the demo, this IS admin, uh, his name is very interesting, even though it's not necessarily that he is domain admin. And I'm going to show you uh, from a victim point of view, just to to um, so feel that uh, that this IS admin is indeed looks like a, a domain admin, admin. Uh, but this is again something the Javelin manipulate this user is only a domain user but the attacker uh, would see this user as a domain admin which make him which makes him uh, uh, to go even further and try to extract these credentials from the memory um, to uh, do his lateral movement so from this module i'm going to uh, do some mimic cuts and extract the credentials from this victim machine uh, it would take uh, like uh, one minute top. Uh, where is it? Sorry for that. I was trying to do our parallel to the the Matrix trilogy. <laughs> Kind of so like when, when, you know, like Agent Smith tries to infect Neo, you know, like <laughs> Neo's kind of like the, the, the bad process that's infecting the Matrix, but the Matrix tries to infect him back kind of thing to explain your mitigation. Yeah. You can use that if you want. It's fine. <laughs> it still doesn't explain uh, how Neo's able to use it. Branding. Yeah, it still doesn't explain how Neo's able to use his powers outside the Matrix. There's lots of theories on that. But anyway, it gets on a rat hole that, you know. 
I need to refresh my memory with these Matrix movies, even though I remember them as a as a cool movie. But it was ten years ago. There so, was uh, yeah, and there was so much written about theories about that movie that it's even hard for me today to draw parallels to it because there's people have taken it in so many different drastic directions. But yeah, maybe that's <laughs> homework. We need to go back and all watch the Matrix trilogy. <laughs> Uh, so while doing so this activity, uh, we Javelin generated another event uh, where we know about this user information gathering, uh, the same victim, of course, uh, and we have this reconnaissance uh, user, the IS admin. We know that the attacker now tried to uh, elevate and try to gather more information about that specific user. Uh, and to complete with that, scenario now that i have this credential um i can basically try to do any uh, lateral movement attempt on that specific demo i'm going to use the uh invoke wmi of empire and uh, let's see this one is credit id four cool uh, and if i set the buffer right i can take the and this one is the same. Okay. And from that point, the attacker thinks that he managed to uh, to do this lateral movement, but everything that he did at, till this point. As you mentioned in the matrix, everything is like uh, only his perspective, only his uh, virtual reality. This mm -hmm. new virtual reality is a javelin created for him. Uh, and we know after he, he was trying to do this invoke WMI uh, for lateral movement, we know that he was trying to do uh, uh, overpass dash in this case. Um, and we have, of course, uh, the forensics report that I've shown you before. Uh, but as you can see, uh, this stealthy attack uh, is something which is very targeted uh, internally. I look for specific computers. I look for specific user, which is high privilege user. Uh, I was trying to do a, a legitimate lateral movement, movement because I have these credentials in my end. Everything, of course, is obfuscated, so it's not real from in the in the reality. But the attacker thinks that. He has the crown jewel. The attacker uh, sitting there in the, in the nice restaurant, if you remember the movie, and he's chewing on the steak. He's drinking the wine. He's like, it just tastes like real steak, right? That's that's the reality you're creating for attackers today. Exactly, exactly. You really, so, this is the, on the brain, don't you, Paul? Well, I think it's it's a good parallel. I think, albeit an older movie to say the least, series. Uh, it's a pretty good parallel to what Javelin's doing for attackers. So. I guess uh, Matrix is uh, sometimes considered to be complicated, and, and we don't want to to add another layer of complexity to it's this true. explanation. Yes, and yes, we, I agree. We are trying to simplify this because this solution is not straightforward, uh, especially in the way we are doing this magic. Uh, even though uh, you would get the simplest UI where you just select and, and push uh, the deploy button, and then there is a behind-the-scene magic where we push this presence to the endpoint and then each and every uh, machine in this organization from his perspective it gets a totally different uh, uh, network and organization 
Um, and this is uh, where Javelin is very different than ATA. Uh, ATA is about behavioral understanding. Uh, they have their DC perspective, which is uh, totally different. Um, and I think this is uh, this sums up the difference mainly be between Javelin and ATA. Um, feel free to ask any question if you have. Well, them. I have a stupid old timer question, but uh, in the in the early days there was this concept of honeypot, and mm -hmm. uh, and I'm just trying to see if there's a parallel or if there's a connection in in the old way of thinking about building honeypots because in some ways this this almost seems like a dynamic honeypot or you know a virtual honeypot on this. Is there a parallel, or is there something technically different about what you're doing that doesn't? It's put it it's into the totally category? it's totally it's totally different. If you yeah. see my screen right now, uh, the way honeypot vendors and solution are working is in a concept called breadcrumbs. What they are trying to do is to install a specific presence, which going to lead to a honeypot. Uh, this honeypot needs to be uh, on a different machine. Uh, it should be. It needs to be a, a, a logical or physical presence of any service, server and server. Uh, and with Javelin, you don't need this extra presence. All you need to do is to manipulate the actual operating system without breadcrumbs and without any um, any luring, without any decoys. What we are providing is uh, is a fake reality in the context of the client. Uh, on the technical side, it's implemented in a so different way. I mean, um, as I mentioned on the first slide, uh, we are going to release this tool that you you can see easily if you have any other deception solution like Honeypot or any distributed deceptions uh, that was recently released on the last two years. I'm not going to mention any names. If you're going to launch this tool against any Honeypot or this uh, distributed deception solution, you would find that fake breadcrumb or honeypot very easily. Uh, attacker these days can do some other stuff to expose this deception. We're in Javelin because we have this unique presence on the memory of the, each and every endpoint. Um, everything goes through this uh, obfuscation. Uh, and it's not like we have, if, if you uh, follow the demo, uh, this specific server, for example, is not something that exists as a honeypot somewhere. It's only being generated in the memory, and it's only uh, during a reconnaissance and attack activity. It's yeah, not honey, an honeypot honeypot's kind of a, a bad term because you're putting false information in the view of every system that's that's on the network, rather than like you said, Almog, like having something that someone needs to discover that's in one spot. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's a, it's different technology. I even think deception technologies. I, I kind of I don't want to lump Javelin network technology into almost deception um, because there's a, there's a lot more to it than I think a lot of the products on the market today that are just using that kind of deception. Uh, keyword. So I, I think you guys are doing awesome work. I think you have awesome technology. Uh, Almog, thank you very much for your technical thank segment you, this you. evening uh, and all of the technical segments uh, that have been on the show. We look forward to more. And if you're going to Black Hat, make sure you stop by Javelin Network's booth 
at Black Hat. Uh, it's well worth your time. So with that, Almog, thank you again. I know it's late where you are. Thank you, Paul. So we'll let you go. You are you going to be at Black Hat, Almog? Uh, specifically for that Black Hat, no. Uh, all the crew is going, but uh, me specifically, I have some... Uh, special uh, stuff here in Israel that I need to attend, so uh, unfortunately right. not. Well, next time, next time. Yeah. Alrighty. Not this year. Well, we're looking forward to see the rest of the crew. Um, all mugs, sounds like you're staying back to hold down the fort, which is understandable. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Almog. Thank you very much, Thanks. guys. With that, we'll be back with another technical segment, so stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> 